week eight. Ooh, the halfway Ooh. point. Wow, can't can't believe it. Almost two <laughs> months into this. I like know. Just yesterday, I was excited about drafting Jamal Charles in the second round. Now I'm How's in full tilt about it, and I just it's. Hey, I can't there's do it still anymore. time. <laughs> Don't lose faith yet. There's still time. He's gonna win. Uh, he's gonna win me a championship. That's all that matters. He'll be he'll be healthy uh, and the lead back by playoffs. And by then, where we'll have torn both of his ACLs. Uh, yeah, then... he's he's gonna set the trend of <laughs> drafting a running back in the second round for the playoff <laughs> stretch. I was so he... confident to make the playoffs. <laughs> I spent my second round this pick on like... the perfect playoff running back. I don't even know the what playoff his playoff stash. schedule is. Is it uh, good? Do I actually? I haven't. I haven't really paid attention to Jamal Charles at all this I mean, season you've been, because you've I've been, been all over so Spencer confident and Spencer Ware just to run away with the job that I mean. There's no need, really, to pay attention to Jamal. Spencer Ware's definitely been gifted by uh, Jamal's knees apparently being the knees of an 80-year-old. Like, I think when they Some, did the surgery, they just replaced his knees with an old man's knees. Maybe it was Spencer Ware's doing. <laughs> he got in the operator. Yeah. He was like, no. It was an inside job. It's my time. I'm a spark freak. And then he got in there, and he, he cut out the knees and put in a... Some old person's knees. I don't know. Or, or, or maybe he went all like Tanya Harding in the back of the uh, oh, shit. the locker room and just took out one of <laughs> took out Jamal's other knee apparently because he's hurting him both of his knees. God. And Jamal's just on the ground. Why? Why? <laughs> I'm Spencer only twenty nine. <laughs> Spencer Ward drops year. a lead pipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, week eight. We're uh, past the halfway point, guys. Home stretch. Playoff stretch right now. Playoff stretch, sure. We're getting into the nitty-gritty here. And we're finally starting to see these stashes or these waiver wire pickups pay off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started with Jay Ajahi. Ajahi. Azor- Ajahi, Azor Ajahi, the <laughs> sleeper that was promised. Yes, Ajahi just exploding all over the fantasy world. With two consecutive 200-yard games, like My what? Lord. My Jay Lord. Ajahi. Is he going to be a league winner? He might be. Like, there's no competition there now, now that Foster... <laughs> well, Foster saw him put a back-to-back 200-yard game. He's like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, Jay, Ajahi. <laughs> Jay Ajahi forced Arian Foster to retire. Basically. Foster was just watching his games, and he was like, nah, I'm never seeing the field again. This is it. I'm done, guys. Yeah. Time to hang up the cleats. I love but all geez. the opportunity to be. So yeah, maybe, maybe, or maybe it's Devonta Booker coming off yeah, the I'm ominous, just, I was just the ominous say. mystery knee injury of C.J. Anderson. Like, where, where did this come from? This, I mean, it was like an Eddie Lacy situation. Yeah. We saw this happen with Eddie Lacy a couple weeks back where it was like, he might not play this week. Okay, he's visiting a specialist. Okay, he's out for the year. Uh, that's kind of essentially the progression we've seen with C.J. Yeah. Anderson in a really short span. It was, he's banged up, but should be okay for this this week's game. Uh, he's missing practice on Wednesday. We don't know why. Then it's to see a specialist for a second opinion. Second opinion. When, that's when like the yeah. red flag goes up. Like was the first the first one had to be awful for him to be like, no, I need a second opinion. I can't it, do this. It, but people were still holding out hope because DT, Demarius Thomas, was in the situation earlier in the year with his hip where mm-hmm. he had just 
consult somebody for a second opinion, but it turned out to be okay. Right. So everyone said, ah, you know, second opinion, it doesn't sound great, but we're still holding out for the best. And then like an hour later, it was, oh, no, he's out for the next multi- uh, couple of weeks at least, and it could be the entire season with this bone bruise or whatever it is that he's suffering from. So yeah. all of a sudden, Devontae Booker, who was already seeing more playing time and who actually looked pretty legit in the last game that they played, now is in the RB1 conversation. And if C.J. Anderson is out for the year, Devontae Booker might be a league winner. Yeah, it's, it like, could be. it's that formula we saw last year with David Johnson, uh, the year before with C.J. Anderson, of like the starter goes down, he steps Jeremy in. Jeremy Hill. Yeah. Jeremy Hill, yeah, steps in. You know, is, Even if C.J. Anderson isn't out for the year, fills in for like a few weeks or a month, and then if Booker is good enough, then like the Broncos just run with it because it's like, hey, this guy's the hot hand. Why not? Um, now, for every one time that happens, there's five times where the starter comes back and the backup loses their job no matter how good they were. So it's not a yeah. lock, but it's, you know, the formula is there. C.J. Anderson did this himself, so C.J. Anderson is about to get C.J. Anderson is basically what's right. happening. Oh, man. C.J. owners must be full tilt right now. I remember week one when he was, he was going to be the league winner, the third-round league winner. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, that just shows you how fast things can change in fantasy. I mean, just yeah. look at Ajahi. Ajahi was literally nobody before his first 200-yard game, yeah. and then no, nobody was buying it. So I don't even know if anyone started Ajahi last week uh, unless they were forced to due to, like, a buy situation. Yeah. And then he came out again against Buffalo, and put up another 200 yards. So we're starting to see these potential league winners pop up yeah. with Devontae Booker, Jay Ajahi, who's going to be next. Spencer Ware might be a league winner if, if you Jamal have him. If can't get healthy, then yeah, Spencer Ware is another one. Because he was drafted in what, like the 10th round at the earliest probably? Yeah, somewhere around there, 10th, 11th. His, his ADP really skyrocketed after the first bit of bad Jamal news. Yeah. But then I was also reading online that a lot of people just straight up dropped where or traded him during Kansas City's bye week because that was when Jamal, he came back against Pittsburgh. And the news going into that Oakland game was that Jamal was, you know, the training (laughs) wheels were coming off. And then a lot of people were like, okay, Jamal's back. Get rid of where. And that was looking like a critical mistake at this point if that is what happened. And yeah. I hope none of you guys did that. We didn't because recommend if you it. Listen so to if me, you did it, you went rogue. Yeah. <laughs> even me, who like, yeah. is a more Jamal truther than a weird truther, even I wasn't recommending that. Even I was like, oh, let's wait and see. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I mean, we did kind of mention where it's like a sell last week. <laughs> yeah, but that was As, before Jamal had his setback. When I was like, all right, he had his first game yeah. back. He got some carries. He's going to get some more. This is going to be a timeshare. Sell him high. And then all of a sudden, Jamal has soreness in his surgically repaired knee after only getting like 11 touches. And then I tweeted out like, nope, don't sell. Don't sell. Forget yeah. it. Hold, hold. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> want to. So where could be a league winner? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like wide receivers, so many startable wide receivers, they're like kind of a dime a dozen. We've seen a lot of mm-hmm. these mid-round or even waiver wire pickups just come in and perform for teams, which just goes to show the scarcity at the running back position is a real thing, guys. Yeah. It's it's a big thing. I've, I Wide receiver plug-and-play, to me, is a lot easier. You can't go so off. So much easier. Yeah, I mean world's different you can't go onto the waiver wire and pick up a running back and plug them in uh no. it's just not gonna work like these these guys get touted as the like zero rb mascots like jay Devonte booker spencer ware but like you know those were 
most of those guys were drafted, and they are people that were stashed. No, you're not really picking up any of those guys off the wire. Like Booker was drafted and owned at least in all of my leagues. He, I never saw him hit the wire in any of them. Um, yeah. So you just, yeah, you can't really pick up running backs off the wire unless you get really lucky, and then you have to like blow your fab or <laughs> maybe your team is so bad you have the number one claim. I don't know. It's it's yeah. hard. It's unlikely. Yeah, it's very unlikely. But let's get into the week eight juicy juice. The juicy the, juice. The good stuff. The good stuff. We're going to start out with our trade segment. Ooh. Here, you know, players you should buy, players you should uh, try to unload mm-hmm. a little bit. Now, these aren't always, you know, buy lows. Sometimes they're just, okay, go out and get this guy regardless Pay of the price. Cost, yeah. Yeah, we've we've pumped up Mike Evans so much. We're not going to continue to do that. I think yeah. the time has passed. I don't think anyone's giving up Mike Evans anymore. No, I've, at this point, he's yeah. pretty much untouchable. I'd be surprised. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Mike Evans is he basically leads the league in targets, and he has a bye week on his resume. Yeah, he's right up there with you know the elite wide receivers who have had a full slate of games and mike evans has already gone through his buy so that makes him even more valuable so we're not going to talk about mike evans anymore we're going to talk about some other elite wide receivers though quote unquote elite wide receivers in the buy segment now these are more buy lows actually because of their performance Mm -hmm. year to date the first name i want to toss out there there we go in the buys one alshonius jeffrey Of the Chicago Bears, the Bears. Oh, the Bears. Um, the Bears. Yeah, Alshon. I'm with you on this. Um, I already bought him in a league, and then it, yes. it didn't work out last week. But now the hope <laughs> is is that Cutler's coming back, you know, and this is the quarterback he had success with in the previous years. Um, Jay Cutlet. Jay Cutler. It's a bad matchup this week with Minnesota. You don't love that. Um, but now feels like the time to buy because – Matchup doesn't always dictate performance. You know, it doesn't matter that this is a bad matchup. Um, if you wait, if you decide to get cute and like, oh no, I'm going to wait through Minnesota. He's going to have another bad week, and then I'll, you know, during his buy, he might get dropped, or I can get him for super cheap. Yeah, that that could happen. Or you know, Alshon gets force fed by Cutler, and even if the Bears lose horribly, he still sees you know 20 targets and you know has a nice game, and then Alshon's back, and it's too late. Alshon's back. Na, 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 na. Uh, yeah. Okay. And uh and after his buy, the schedule softens oh, up yeah. a bit. It's, it's pretty it's good. It's pretty juicy actually. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa Bay, Giants, Tennessee, 49ers, Lions, Packers. Mm. It's it's mm. good. The only one you don't like is the championship week when he sees Redskins with Norman, but still that's six good weeks in a row before that, so it's this feels like setting you up. Yeah, we, we like to recommend buying and selling a week early. Um, so that's, that's what we're doing yeah. with, with Alshon. With Alshon, yeah. And, and like you said, Jay Cutler's back. And Jay Cutler loves Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. And he typically force feeds him anyway. Mm-hmm. As soon as Jay Cutler went down, and remember that Jay Cutler went down early in the week two game against Philadelphia. Yeah. And in week one... Alshon had over 100 yards. His only 100-yard performance of the season. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the two games that Cutler did play in, albeit the second one, he played like half the game. Yeah. You look at Alshon's yards per target, and it's over 15. Okay? When Hoyer was the quarterback, his yards per target hovered around 7. Mm-hmm. So it, it pretty much doubles when Cutler is in at quarterback. 
he pushes the ball down the field with Alshon a little bit more. And we've seen the narrative before with the second string quarterback coming in and then finding rapport with the second and third string wide receivers that they practice with weekly. I mean, going back to, you know, Mark Sanchez and Jordan Matthews years ago, uh, Cam Meredith was the guy for Hoyer. Hoyer was very comfortable throwing the ball to Cameron Meredith. Uh, Hoyer's not playing anymore. This makes Meredith basically expendable, and it's mm. going to be the Alshon show in Chicago. We've seen it before. The argument that Chicago is a bad team doesn't really make a difference when yeah. you're talking about quarterback wide receiver. Game script will probably favor Alshon and Cutler for the rest of the season because mm. they're a mediocre team. I think they're defense is underrated so they might not get completely blown out but i don't think they're going to be way ahead in any of these games where no. alshon will be game scripted out and the running back situation is kind of a mess right now you have fat jerry langford supposedly coming back coming soon back. probably you have jordan howard and kadeem carey so it's just going to be a committee essentially in chicago and really it's been an ineffective committee outside of the two games from Jordan Howard where he went ham. Uh, they haven't really been getting a lot from the running back position. So if they want to succeed, it's going to be through Alshon Jeffrey. So go out and snatch him up. Snatch him up. Uh, yeah, and to, to sort of throw some numbers out what my point was about him playing Minnesota, uh, a little split I just looked up right now while you were saying who knows what. Um, mm-hmm. Alshon, when he plays non-top 10 pass defenses, like 11 through 32. He averages 15 PPR points a game. When playing a top 10 pass defense, it's 14. So the diff- there really isn't a difference. He's basically just as good yeah. regardless of matchup um, because he just gets force-fed. It doesn't really, you know, the, the efficiency drops, but you don't care about that. You just care about is is the stat line there. Um, yeah, garbage time Alshon, baby. Garbage time. As for something to sell for him, uh, a one-to-one like running back for wide receiver... That I think is kind of perfect um, would be like Jeremy Hill for Alshon. You know, Jeremy Hill coming off the big week. They're running back desperate. I would do that. Um, yeah. And Alshon is also, you know, the owner is probably so fed up at this point. They're probably like wish they could drop him if his name wasn't Alshon Jeffrey. So you could probably offer even less and get him. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he hasn't gone over 10 points since week one with Jay Cutler. That was the only game Jay Cutler played a full game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, we're in week eight now, so the owner could just be willing to take anybody. You might even be able to get him less, for yeah. l- less than Jeremy Hill, right? Uh, but I like trading Jeremy Hill because Jeremy Hill's part of that headache backfield in Cincinnati. You never mm-hmm. know who, who's going to get the majority of the touches, and he just ate a terrible defense alive. And if you look at the footage from jeremy hill's long runs i'm pretty sure any running back in the league could have ran through those holes yeah on the on the long what is he had like a 75 yard run yeah there i don't know what cleveland was doing but (laughs) the whole field was just wide open like he just had to follow one block and then as soon as he ran through the line like he was just there was open green ahead of him i don't know where the defenders were like if they even were fielding eleven, it looked like <laughs> they, they had like eight, like seven or eight defenders on the field. There was one play, I think it's that one where they were just playing like single high safety, and the safety came up to like plug a hole, and he just plugged the yeah. wrong hole, and then, and then Jeremy yeah. Hill just like cut through the actual hole, and then yeah, there was no one there. Yeah, um, it's just terrible. 
Uh, but yeah, you but, could probably do even less. Like um, one I would do if they want two pieces, if they want like a running back and a wide receiver, I would do like Golden Tate coming off of a couple like you know better games and like. Jordan Howard, whose name is still worth something, you know, even though he's had like he's kind of regressed, people probably are still like, oh, but Jordan Howard. Yeah, yeah, any type of running back will help certain teams, right? That mm-hmm. are really running back needy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, a Tate for Alshon package is definitely doable. Yeah. Um, yeah, go out and get Alshon. You know, feel the owner out. They might be willing to just unload Alshon for anybody. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if they're quite to that situation yet but i mean depending on their team if they're losing and they need players that will produce then they they could be ready to just dump alshon off and you might be the uh benefactor there you might be um yeah let's move on to um our next guy here who is it it is going to be um tell me Brandon Marshall of the New York Football Jets not the Brandon Marshall jets. Winnipeg <laughs> Hockey Jets, the far superior team. Yes. Um, yeah, this is, you know, he's coming off of a sort of slump in his production. Uh, but one of them was that just apocalyptic game against Arizona where the team couldn't do anything. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, that, that was awful. Prime which, time, too. Prime time. That feels like kind of <laughs> like an outlier. Like, the Jets aren't good, but they're not, they're not like Jaguars bad. I think, that's, I think that's a little bit of an outlier. And then, you know, last week with... Uh, mostly Gino and Fitzpatrick being told, hey, just run the ball, don't do anything. Um, but now Gino, ACL is torn. We can pretend like the Gino era never happened. We're going right back to Fitzpatrick. Um, I know, jeez. And sort of a fun, a fun split to point at is Brandon Marshall with and without Ryan Fitzpatrick. Without 13 points a game, with 19 points a game. He's averaging basically, you know, a touchdown production more with ryan fitzpatrick um the the targets everything just shoots way up um and the you know the sort of key with it is the the schedule he gets he gets cleveland this week which is just like just golden for everyone i mean we just saw aj green catch the most impressive not luck hail mary i've ever seen in my life (laughs) (laughs) that definitely made his uh sat line it did. Before uh, that, that, it was catch. like, where are you, A.J. Green? It's like, oh, here's like an 80-yard Hail Mary. Okay, cool. Now we're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even after that, you know, he gets Cleveland this week, yeah. Miami the week after that, Rams the week after that. You like all of those matchups. And then playoffs, um, Niners, Dolphins, Patriots isn't great in week 16, but, you know, that's, that's all still mostly positive matchups. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he gets Indy in week 13, too. I mean, he'll probably get Vontae Davis in that game, but mm-hmm. Indy doesn't have a good pass defense either so there will still be opportunity there for him especially if he gets peppered and now you're dealing with the whole angry fit situation Mm -hmm. (laughs) he came out to the media and was like they don't got my back the gm doesn't support me the coach doesn't support me (laughs) so (laughs) i was like yeah yeah fits if you looked at your numbers they're terrible yeah Yeah, for good reason (laughs) they don't support you you've been bad yeah you're you're like leading bottom of the list in every quarterback statistic there is outside of brock osweiler we might talk about later in the show um yeah, Brandon Marshall, I like it. He's coming off of a 3.9-point performance, and then before that it was 7 points. Uh, he's still an elite talent, mm-hmm. and we haven't really seen the explosive week without Eric Decker. He yeah. had a good game against Pittsburgh a few weeks back, 
where he went over 100 with a touchdown. But we're still waiting for Brandon Marshall to go nuclear because without Eric Decker, he's like the guy in yeah, New it's, York. It's coming, and I think it's happening this week. I think is where we see the breakout really happen. Yeah, I mean, if you look at his schedule, too, he's, he played Seattle. He played Arizona. He played, I mean, Baltimore, they're not great, but they're also not a bad defense either. They're actually mm-hmm. pretty pretty legitimate. Yeah. Uh, so he's had a tough run of it recently. But like you said, whew, it gets juicy coming up. So go out and make an offer for Brandon Marshall. This is one of those where he has put up performances. It's not like Alshon Jeffrey who has literally, he hasn't gone over like 10.1 points. Yeah, uh, Brandon Marshall has had a few good weeks this season uh he has the name to go along with it so you might have to pay up for brandon marshall yeah he won't be cheap but that's one where it's like you're not really buying low maybe you're buying slightly lower but really slightly you're discounted you're yeah. just like paying at cost you know he's someone that probably would have been hard to buy before in general but now he's for sale off of a couple a couple rough yeah. weeks and so now's the time to to hop on it I think, yeah, you can kind of just play up the whole narrative that the Jets are a dumpster fire Mm -hmm. because when the news broke that Decker was out for the year, everyone was on Brandon Marshall. Like, oh, man, Brandon Marshall is just going to be spoon-fed the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, two weeks with sub-eight-point performances, it's the time where you could probably get Brandon Marshall for a discount. Yes. You're not going to get him at Alshon Jeffrey price no. or Allen Robinson price, Yuck. but you'll get him cheaper than you would have a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, go out and uh, get one Brandon Marshall. What? Who would you give up to get Brandon Marshall? Uh, one for one, a running back. Um, I'd be willing to go as high as, like, Carlos Hyde, like a low-end RB1 if I'm going to, like, pay a fair value for Marshall. Um which might be kind of tough because, you know, he was hurt. Now he has the buy, so the owner's probably like, why do I want to deal with this? But he could point to the Saints matchup next week and be like, nah, he's going to be healthy. None of Hyde's backups did anything in his absence, so he'll be the guy again once he's back. Um, so I go as high as that. Or, like, maybe Frank Gore, who has, like, quietly been pretty good. You know, maybe his numbers are enough that a running back desperate team that only has Marshall is like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Um, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere in that range, the so like high end RB two, low end RB one. If it's a one for one, yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about a player in the sells section that I'll bring up with maybe like a package involving mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall. But anyways, Brandon Marshall is number two on our list for the buys. Who is number three, good sir? Our third and final purchase is going to be DeAndre Hop. Washington. Oh, wait. Oh, well. <laughs> DeAndre Washington or? No, no, no. Hopkins. <laughs> what? You're not, out, you're not trying to buy DeAndre Washington right I now, buy, man? You mean like pick up off the wire? <laughs> yeah. The answer is still no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopkins dealing with the worst quarterback that has ever played the game, Brock Osweiler. Gosh, Jeez, awful. that Monday night game was so bad. And the Broncos fans, whoo, some of the signage that they were holding up was pretty brutal. It was like the opposite of a revenge game. It was like an insult to injury game of like, we let you walk and we're going to just like shit all over you. Like this, like it's. Yeah. That was just bad for Brock Osweiler. And the thing was, you can point to, yeah, Denver has an elite defense, which is going to kind of solidify the argument that DeAndre Hopkins is a nice buy low candidate because he has had some tough matchups 
But there is an asterisk with this buy low. You really have to hope that they can figure something out with their offense because Brock yeah. looks lost. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just that he was facing an elite defense. It was he was missing throws that, you know, Cleveland quarterbacks could make. He was missing throws that were give-me throws, mm-hmm. and he was missing them badly. So something's going on there. It might have been the whole mental factor of being back in Denver. Uh, it's hard to say. The fact of the matter is they're going back home to play Detroit. Hopkins has been peppered with targets, 27 targets over the past two games. And you could see, you really started to see it in the Indianapolis game, and he had Vontae Davis covering him. Yeah. Just to note. Uh, they were just throwing the ball to him every single play and in that Indy game where he had 15 targets. Um, so it's going to happen. You know, the big games are going to happen. So I think DeAndre Hopkins, he's too good of a talent. Like his body control is is ridiculous. His routes are good. He's not a speed freak. He's mm-hmm. not a burner type of wide receiver. But, I mean, he's too talented to be putting up these these lines. And you, you point to Brock Osweiler, and, yeah, he's been bad, but he should be good enough with the upcoming schedule that he can make DeAndre Hopkins relevant again. And the reason why I want to pump DeAndre Hopkins, we want to pump DeAndre Hopkins, is his schedule softens up. Yeah. And with Brock Osweiler, the narrative around him, you can probably get DeAndre Hopkins pretty cheap right now. Because all you have to point out to is the quarterback situation. Like, dude, do you really want DeAndre Hopkins on your team? He has Brock Osweiler. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's definitely one where it's risky. I wouldn't want to. I'd want to buy low. I don't want to pay like a an even price for Hopkins, regardless of like you know the volume or any of that. Um, but the sort of you know argument for him is you look at what he's done so far. He had a nice week one and two in good matchups, and then he got New England, who always schemed to take away the number one receiver, um, and then Tennessee, and so the dud there is worrisome. But then after that, it's Minnesota, Indy, Denver. You know, got Vontae and Indy. So those are three very tough matchups for a number one wide receiver um yes. he kind of just came through the worst part of his schedule so it's not surprising to see him struggle through it and now it, it softens way up detroit this week and then the bye so you kind of hope that during the bye they figure out what's going on with brock why he yeah. forgot to throw a football because he looks worse in the last few weeks than he has at any point <laughs> last year even like the first couple weeks he looked competent in the first couple weeks i don't know what happened between then and now yeah yeah and then Jacksonville coming out of the bye, Oakland, Mm -hmm. San Diego, Green Bay, Indianapolis, Jacksonville. I mean, that's a dream slate for a wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he gets Indianapolis again, and they have a bad pass defense, but against the number one wide receiver, they are pretty tough because of Vontae. Mm -hmm. But Jacksonville, not very good. Oakland's been getting torched by wide receivers. San Diego doesn't have a great secondary. Yeah. Green Bay. I mean, just look at what Julio Jones did to San Diego. They didn't have an answer for him last no. week. And DeAndre Hopkins could be that type of wide receiver if he has a quarterback that can get him the ball. So, you, you know, you're hoping that during the bye week, like you mentioned, that they can kind of mm-hmm. sit down, figure out what's going on with their offense. Because if you look at their offense, they should actually be kind of a high-octane type of offense. Yeah. I mean, they have a decent offensive line. They have an elite-ish running back in Lamar Miller. And mm-hmm. then they have DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, so two yeah. competent wide receivers. There's secondary uh, talent there in the receiving game. Like, it shouldn't, it's not Hopkins and then a bunch of trash. Like, he shouldn't be seeing all the coverage. Yeah, I mean, he's got Fuller. He has, 
you know, some other pieces. Uh, Jalen Strong, I guess, some is a wide pieces. receiver three. Some Braxton other pieces. Miller. <laughs> yeah, Braxton Miller, Jalen Strong, Scott Fedorowitz, this is tight end. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about Fedorowitz in a little bit later. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. He's definitely like a a cheap cheap. I mean, you you just bought him and t- tell us about the offer that you made that you somehow executed. I I did. I bought DeAndre Hopkins in one of our leagues in which I play with Leo in uh, for Jarek McKinnon and John Brown. Uh, now this was a team that was super desperate at the running back position, so you kind of have mm-hmm. to look up the makeup of the team you're trying to deal with. He needed running backs. I offered him Jarek McKinnon. He said, no, you know, obviously he's not going to take one for one Jarek McKinnon for DeAndre Hopkins. So I kicked in John Brown, uh, who I love, actually. I still like Smokey Brown, (laughs) but, you know, for the chance, John Brown wasn't getting any playing time on my team anyways. Jarek McKinnon was like my fourth or fifth running back. Yeah. So... You trade those depth pieces for the chance that DeAndre Hopkins returns to form, especially mm-hmm. with the schedule coming up. Uh, obviously, I would give up even more than what I gave up to get DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you were, you're kind of in control of the narrative with DeAndre Hopkins right now yeah. because of how bad their offenses looked. Uh, and frankly, Lamar Miller has really been the only competent piece in that offense. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it's it's been bad, but yeah, I like it. That's all that. Go that's out all that. Uh, get them, get them cheap. Uh, that'll be it for our, our buys. Let's move on to our selly wellies. Selly wellies, yes, our selly wellies of week eight. Uh, the first one I want to toss out there for you guys might seem like it's coming too early. You're insane. Go ahead. I'm insane, <laughs> but I'm going to pump it this week. Kristen Michael, the woke what? one, is going C-woke? to go back to sleep. It's it's night night time for Kristen what? Michael. Hit the hit the snooze button. Hit the snooze button on Kristen Michael right now. Now he has kind of we've been all over these running backs. Like I feel like we've particularly picked on Melvin Gordon for his efficiency numbers and being touchdown dependent. Well, if you're looking at efficiency. In the last three weeks, Kristen Michael hasn't been very effective running the ball. All right. Now, he has basically a free backfield at the moment because Thomas Rawls isn't there. And for mm-hmm. a period of time, ProSize was injured. Yeah. But just looking at his yards per carry, uh, it's been under th- 3.6 and under for the past three weeks. So he has yet to exceed 3.6 yards. And 3.6 is already bad for yards per carry. Yeah, uh, and he has yet to exceed that. He got saved in the Atlanta game with two touchdowns. Uh, now, last week is where you saw it fall apart for him a little bit. Uh, he really didn't do anything in the receiving game. He had a putrid 3.3 yards per carry. Now they were playing Arizona, who was a really good defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the news that Rawls is coming back soon, probably in maybe after the New Orleans game. I don't yeah. know if he's been ruled out for week 10 i guess it would be or week nine week Week nine nine. yeah week nine but already we're starting to hear rumblings right with the seattle beat saying oh when rawls comes back it's his job even p carroll what did p carroll say you're the seattle guy um he he said oh yeah you know christine's been good blah 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 but there's really something missing without rawls 
which is especially damning coming from Pete Carroll, who never says anything bad about anyone ever. Yeah. Like he's pretty much like always something positive. And maybe that was him just saying something positive about Rawls. But, you know, a healthy Christine Michael is not as good as a healthy Rawls. Like we've now – we hadn't really seen any real tape on Christine Michael before this stretch. So we didn't really know. We just kind of knew his measurables and his like preseason glory. Um, and now we've finally seen like a real stretch of him. And while he is like a capable like above average running back um, – He's not an elite talent, you know. That, that, at least that hasn't manifested yet. You know, he had a couple good games, but then like the regression has come. Two of that was against elite run defenses in the Jets and the Cardinals. So like, you yeah. give him a little bit of caveat there. But Atlanta's a soft run defense, and he still averaged you know three and a half yards a carry. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit less worried about the raw efficiency and more about the kind of outside stuff about. Rawls is going to be back. Uh, two weeks yeah. is the thing I officially heard. So like week ten is probably when the earliest he'd be back. Um, but you know Rawls is coming up here soon, and I don't, I don't think Michael's just going to step in and be the guy, unless Rawls is just a shell of himself, which he was at the beginning yeah. of the season. But it didn't, it didn't matter. We're still split. It basically took Rawls getting hurt for C. Mike to kind of run away and precise. It was actually a lot of what we saw with Jordan Howard. Of two guys got hurt for him to get this big workload, and now one of them comes back this week, another in a couple more weeks probably going to be a three-headed beast unless Rawls is himself and he probably runs away with it um and yeah. the other issue is that Seattle offense hasn't looked that good it looked good against Atlanta but you know that's not anyone can do that um it was you know the Russell Wilson is hurt he's not mobile and that line gets it, the spotlight shown on it when he's not mobile and then it just you know it's kind of affected everything in the game if Russell isn't running. There isn't ru- as much running room for the running backs behind an awful line. So the situation just isn't favorable, really, actually. Like, unless Russell magically gets healthier in the next week, two weeks, I don't know. Which he it's probably sounding like he's dealing with another injury now, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's some, like, what was it? It was, like, a... Pectoral muscle or pectoral something? Pectoral muscle, yeah, which, like, <laughs> I have no idea how that happened, where that came from. <laughs> but, so he's yeah, already playing with, like, robotic legs at this point. Yeah, so it's, you know, unless... Like, Russell has some, like, miraculous recovery over the next few weeks, which he probably won't because he's playing through the injury. Um, this offense isn't doing what it normally does for running backs. That's kind of my biggest worry. Um, well, we've we've seen with Russell, like, a lot of the offense kind of revolved around his ability to kind of scramble out of the pocket and make yeah. plays happen when the defense breaks down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Tyler Lockett is a great example uh, Tyler Lockett hasn't done anything, and I think you can attribute a lot of that to Russell Wilson not being able to really mm-hmm. scramble out of the pocket. I think he's on pace for something like 80 rushing yards this season. Yeah, that's what they were saying on Sunday night, where last this time last year he had already had like 300 rushing yards, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah he's just he's not scrambling at all. And yeah, Lockett, that's affecting Lockett, who's this guy that he goes to when the plays break down. And Lockett has his own injury he's playing through for... Who knows why? I guess I kind of get Russell playing through an injury because he can just be a pocket passer. Yeah. But why Why is Lockett playing through an injury? How does that help anyone to have this guy out there who can barely run? He just looks so slow. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to C-Mike. Um, so I was getting ready before you brought it up to pump him as a sell high next week. I was going to be like, you know what? He gets the Saints this week. It's such a bad defense, such a good matchup. You just, he, he's got to fall into good production and then sell him after that. Um, but, you know, it's a fair point that with ProSides coming back this week and, you know, just the we can't actually, we don't actually know anything. We can't actually predict the future. He might have a bad game this week. It's definitely reasonable. And if he has a bad game against New Orleans, then his value is done. 
because his name yeah. isn't uh, – he doesn't have a brand name. No one really believes Christine Michael is good. And so if his numbers dip for two games in a row, then, like, it's gone. The value's gone. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, Seattle's defense looked elite last week, but Arizona's mm-hmm. offense has been a mess outside of David yeah. Johnson. Exactly. Now, the week before when Atlanta came in uh, – Atlanta has a high-octane offense, and they were able to do stuff against Seattle's defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Julio Jones had a big game. Matt Ryan had a good game. Yeah. Uh, so going into New Orleans, in a place where New Orleans is usually electric, there is a possibility that Seattle trails at a certain point in this game or they fall behind, and mm-hmm. ProSize might get a lot more work than people are anticipating. Yeah. Um, they might look to, you know, change it up a little bit with – the way they're running their offense, get ProSize involved, because ProSize was kind of touted as a possible sleeper going into the season because mm-hmm. of his skill set, right? Yeah. And, and he might get a chance to show that off, which would only hurt C-Mike's value. And like you said, if he puts up a dud this week against New Orleans and there's rumblings that Rawls is back just around the corner, it's going to – a best-case scenario at this point is it's a committee, uh, worst case, mm-hmm. Rawls comes back and and loses the or takes over the backfield completely. So for C. Mike, right now, I think you can still sell him as a running back one. That's the only think, reason yeah. why. Yeah, I think that's the key though. Is that he he's a sell, but he's not like a hard sell this week. He's a sell if you can sell him high. Like if you can be like he is like a a firm RB one, like a top like six or seven running back, you know, in that range. Not one of the elites, but like that next tier. If you can sell him for that, um, then yeah, do it. Uh, I will say as someone who owns him and owns Rawls, um, I'm less worried about moving him this week. Like I'll, you know, I'll shop him around and see if the offer's there. But, you know, if you own both of them, then it's not as worrisome because if, if Rawls yeah. comes back and he's himself, I think he just runs away with the job. I think it's only a committee if, Rawls is still slow like he was earlier in the year, which is definitely a possibility. We don't, I don't really know why he was slow in the beginning of the year. Maybe it was just his looming injury. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but. see Mike as, a, as an RB1. Yeah, I mean, would you try to take advantage of, like, okay, McCoy's injured. Would you try to put a package together, see Mike for McCoy? Now, I don't think you can do yeah. a one-for-one, one, but... I mean, yeah, the single position one-for-ones really work. But, yeah, I would definitely do, like, a C-Mike plus another thing for McCoy, probably plus another thing, too. Um, And, like, the pieces with it aren't super important, you know. Maybe, like, mid-to-low-tier, like, wide receivers or, like, another running back or something. But really what you're trying to do is just swap out a C-Mike for McCoy. Yeah, I'd probably do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on. So our yes. second sell, who you got for me? This is, um, we're going to save your guy for last because I think it's better than this one. Um, T.Y. Hilton of the Indianapolis Colts. T.Y. Hilton, yes. Um, yeah, none of this is a degradation of him. T.Y. has been amazing over the last whatever, it's been five weeks. He's the number three wide receiver in fantasy right now. Um, But when you look at the timing of it, that happened right when Moncrief went down. And then, you know, Dorsett hasn't been able to do anything. Someone named Chester Rogers is the other guy there. (laughs) Dwayne Allen gets hurt. Like, the things have kind of fallen perfectly for T.Y. to be the only guy there. 
And while it's good for his fantasy value, it has been very bad for Indy's actual football offense. They do not look good. They look like disjointed out of rhythm. And it just kind of always works out for T.Y. because he's, he's a deep threat and he just keeps breaking it. Um, but yeah. with Moncrief coming back this week, um, Moncrief himself was like, yeah, I'm going to play this week. I don't know how I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not his decision, yeah. but it sounds like he's definitely coming back. Um, you know, things aren't – I think the targets are going to shift back away from T.Y. a little bit to a little more of like an even split because – They've missed Moncrief's sort of like possession wide receiver presence, you know? Like they don't really have anyone else on the team that can do that as well as he can. Yeah. Oh, definitely true. I mean, if you look at TY's targets, I mean, he's third in the league right now with 68 targets, mm-hmm. and which is a big reason why he is the wide receiver three. His targets align perfectly with his wide receiver standing, and Moncrief will come back and eat into that target share. Now, Dorsett never managed to be anything in yeah. terms of fantasy but Moncrief was looking like he would be like the one b to ty hilton in this yeah. offense and he got hurt in week two so we haven't seen Moncrief for a while and like you said yeah. he came out and was like oh yeah i'm playing there's no way mm. assuming he doesn't go all like lashawn mccoy this week and <laughs> go out there he'll like, force the coaches to play him and be like i got this and re-injure himself yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh wait i mean it was a broken shoulder blade yeah it was kind of like a weird like freak thing like this isn't the stuff that worries me are the like the soft tissue stuff like the hammy anytime i see someone has a hammy injury i'm just like oh god this is this is bad this could linger the rest of the year um yeah moncrease thing isn't like that it seems it seems like it's not going to be a problem yeah yeah no i think with ty hilton because he's a wide receiver three you have to go sell him as the wide receiver three so this isn't like a you need to go sell ty hilton because you don't i think he'll still be productive with moncrief i just don't think he's going to be wide receiver three Mm -hmm. he might fall out of the wide receiver one conversation or be like a a low end wide receiver one maybe Mm -hmm. a high end wide receiver two the rest of the year with moncrief coming back but as a top three play right now you can go out and get in pretty good value for ty hilton mm-hmm. i mean you could probably put a package together with well let's say this probably isn't realistic but you can offer it right two guys that we just talked about Kristen michael ty hilton package them together for one ezekiel elliott i think you could probably get that done yeah it really depends on the Zeke owner, but yeah, I think that's possible because Zeke's like the raw production. Zeke hasn't outproduced C Mike by that much. Then Ty has been like you know he's been elite. So yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the only reason why I pumped it as not being real realistic is because Zeke is one of those players that I would almost consider untouchable. Oh, he's yeah. like he's like right in the the Lev Bell. Uh, David Johnson, just right outside of that range yeah, right now. Yeah, probably the third guy in that tier. Or it's probably, probably like Lev Bell and David Johnson are in their own tier. And then uh, Zeke is maybe at the top of the next tier, or he's in like his own tier by himself. I don't know. But yeah, he's right there. Actually, Lev Bell is an interesting one, too, because he's on a bye this week. So mm-hmm. if you went out and offered the Lev Bell owner, T.Y. Hilton and Kristen Michael, uh, with Kristen Michael's supposedly juicy matchup and yeah. the whole... You know, is Ben coming back next week? What's going on with the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh? Uh, Lev hasn't scored a touchdown yet. He's been, 
you know, good, but he hasn't been amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a possibility to try to pry Lev Bell from the, the Bell owner. You know, yeah. T.Y. Hilton, Kristen Michael for Lev Bell. I would make that trade in a heartbeat. I would do that. And I bet you could probably get them to even, like, um, if they're, like, really frustrated. If this is a team that's, like, you know, two and five or something, if they're struggling, which is probably the only reason they would be trading Lev Bell. You could probably even get them to kick in like a lower tier wide receiver too, like um, you know someone who hasn't produced, but you think they might bounce back, like a Doug Baldwin or a Stephon Diggs, you know, someone like that. You could probably get them to add that in. Yeah, I mean, it could be a two for one, it could be a three for two, or a two for two, depending on how you want to package it. But T.Y. Hilton and Kristen Michaels. Are, Nine for a team swap. <laughs> a team swap. The old team swap. Let's just switch teams, see how it goes. <laughs> just for this week. Yeah. And then we can switch back. We'll switch we'll take back. backsies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I am with you. Yeah. Hilton Hilton is kind of, you know, like we said, see Mike as a sell if you can do it at value. Same with Hilton. You know, like Hilton, yeah. Hilton's higher value. You're selling him as like a top five wide receiver. Um, because, and, yeah, he's, whereas we expect see Mike might regress a lot, you know, to having no value. Um, T.Y. is probably always going to be, like, at least a fringe wide receiver one. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll be fringe. I mean, he has almost 700 yards on the year, which is pretty insane if you think yeah. about it. 68 targets, 700 yards. That is – he's almost in the Julio Jones realm. Like, he's – Julio Jones is 800 yards with 62 targets. So Hilton is actually out-targeted Julio. Uh, he's behind in, in yardage, but only by, you know, 100. Wow. Uh, he, I mean, he's right up in that elite category. He has more yards than Antonio Brown by a long shot. He Antonio has more Brown yards. the bust. <laughs> Controversy. <laughs> Controversy. Um, no, yeah, all right. T.Y. Hilton, yeah, if you can get wide receiver three value for him, then go out and do it because, like we said, Moncrief's back. Uh, another... A wide receiver that you could sell this week. And again, it's not like you have to go out and sell them, but you could potentially get pretty good value for this wide receiver is Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks of the New Orleans Saints. He is a pretty bad matchup this week against Seattle. And then again, you know, at home in the dome, he might rip off one of the long plays that he's known for. But he has been pretty boom or bust this year one brandon cooks and if you look at how the target share has gone he's actually tied right now for the team lead so he's not the clear-cut favorite in that offense he has 50 targets michael thomas who i think has emerged in the past couple of weeks and is now one of drew Brees' favorite targets also has 50 throughout the course of the year and if you look at Brandon Cooks, his overall production, he had the amazing week one against Oakland. A lot of that was buoyed by a 99-yard touchdown catch, right? It was one of those plays that probably never really happens. Um, and then he had another big week um, in, what was it? Let me see here. Who's he playing? It was Carolina, right, Carolina where he went over 170 and had a touchdown, again, at home. So both of his huge games have been at home. So he's kind of been susceptible to that uh, home and road split that typically goes along with Drew Brees' home and road splits. And Michael Thomas has kind of been 
immune to that, which is another reason why the emergence of Michael Thomas kind of hurts Brandon Cook's value a little bit. So if you break down his year to date, he's he had week one where he went 140 and two touchdowns. And then week six, where he went 170 and a touchdown. If you look at all of his other production from the four other weeks, they have had a bye week. Um, 68 yards in week two, 13 yards in week three, uh, 31 yards. So he had two consecutive weeks where he was under 40 yards receiving, 13 and 31. And then last week, he only had 58. So if you average out all the other weeks, he's averaging about... 45 yards a game outside of those two big weeks and he's one of those he's like a better slightly better version of deshaun jackson where it's so hard to predict with brandon cooks uh week to week like is he gonna go out there and put up 13 yards like he did against atlanta at home in what should have been a plus matchup right or is he gonna go out and put 170 yards up like he did against carolina at home in that weird game that weird uh, 41 to 38 game where they were up, they were up huge in that game, and then Carolina clawed all the way back only to lose by a field goal. Carolina's been involved in some weird games this year. I mean, they had the game against Atlanta. But, anyways, Brandon Cooks, I think he's kind of a headache a little bit. I mean, if you look at his year to date numbers, he is a wide receiver one, which is why I think you can sell him now. Because if he goes and puts up a dud against Seattle at home, Michael Thomas, maybe he does something, then it's going to be harder and harder to sell Brandon Cooks. And I think you can go out and get legitimate value for him now. You should uh, take that chance. How do you feel about Brandon Cooks? Uh, Yeah, no, I'm definitely with you. Um, You kind of touched on the home road splits. I actually have those pulled up here. At home, he averages 13 fantasy points a game. On the road, seven. Um, yeah. So almost half. And to go with that, you know, you point out the Atlanta game where he was at home and did nothing. That's because he got Desmond Trufant. So he also is useless against elite corners. He's not one of these guys that, you know, is matchup proof. He's not. Um, and you look at his upcoming schedule, his next two home games are Seattle, you know, this week against a very good secondary. Uh, and then Denver is his next home game. So those those are two games where he might get completely shut down. And those are two of his weeks that are supposed to be better because they're home games. Um, and he is, has this kind of rare situation of having two good weeks in a row. And so you can kind of flip it like, oh, he's coming up for a home game. He's always good at home. You know, he came back after the bye. These two weeks were after the bye. So the narrative yeah. kind of writes itself of like, he's a wide receiver one. It's got off to a slow start, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you can probably sell him that way. And this is one where like, I would say like, I'd, I'd be looking to get rid of Cooks this week. Yeah, I would too. I mean, he he has a buy under his belt already, so you mm-hmm. can kind of talk that up a little bit in your trade narrative. Like, look, you don't have to deal with the buy with Brandon Cooks. He's already had it. Uh, if you look at his last game against Kansas City, he only had 58 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a touchdown, which kind of saved his production a little bit. So the yards haven't really been there uh, outside of those two monster games. And a lot of people will look at Brandon Cooks and say, but he has such a good playoff schedule. Well, you just pointed out his home and road split. Two of the three games he plays on the road in the playoffs. Yes, one of those games is against Tampa Bay. But in week 15, he goes on the road against Arizona, which could be like a nightmare situation for him. And what would be the semifinals for you in the playoffs? Yeah. Um, 
so I think this is the highest Brandon Cooks is value is going to be maybe all season Probably. because of the back to back good weeks. Yeah. And just watching the last game against Kansas City, Michael Thomas is legit, guys. Like he looks good. He looked really, really good. And it looks like they're starting to shift towards feeding Michael Thomas a lot more. I mean, Michael Thomas had 13 targets last game. So he out targeted Brandon Cooks by a decent margin. Mm-hmm. So, again, we just pointed out that Moncrief coming back kind of hurts T.Y. Hilton's value. Uh, the emergence of Michael Thomas and maybe a healthy Willie Sneed, if he gets back to full strength, hurts Brandon Cooks. And right now he's a wide receiver one, so you can go out and sell him as that. Yeah, I think that you know this is one of those offenses where Breeze spreads it around a lot. And maybe Michael Thomas somehow ends up being immune of that and can return like wide receiver two numbers the rest of the way. That's definitely possible. Um, but, you know, Cooks is Cooks is not someone that has ever been consistent, and he has coming off two consistent weeks. So, uh, flip him. A trade I would do if I had Cooks um, and I needed a running back. I you might be able to do this because it's his bye week and he hasn't had the blow up week in a while. Is a uh, Todd Gurley? That owner could be very frustrated. He's only had one big week, and it took two touchdowns to do it. But you know. Todd Gurley has, like, quietly, his yardage floor has risen back up to, like, pretty good yardage now. Um, and it's just that he's not getting the touchdowns yet. And he's going into his bye. Maybe they figure out something and he comes out of the bye and this offense is just more capable of getting him in space, you know? Yeah. Um, I, would, I would do that, and I don't, I don't think it's impossible. Yeah, I would definitely make that trade. Now, would you trade, uh, like, a Brandon Cooks or a T.Y. Hilton in a package where you pick up one of these buy lows that we're talking about, like uh, Alshon Jeffrey and another piece? Um, I probably would. Like Cooks for Alshon and like uh, who's like a, like a running back to pair Alshon with. Like um, it might be hard because he's coming off of a big game, but like Latavius Murray, um, if yeah. that person is like – thinking it was just a fluke and, you know, didn't see the news that he's going to start being the bell cow, basically. Um, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Um, or, like, two wide yeah. receivers, like Alshon and, um, like, Randall Cobb, because Randall Cobb is starting to look pretty legit, too. Yeah, man. You could you could take a, a Brandon Cooks and get some legitimate value mm-hmm. from him right now, and, and I would definitely do it because I don't see him being a wide receiver one uh he he might be just based on his boom weeks. Yeah. He might be like right in that conversation again, but I don't think he'll be consistently putting up numbers to help you win week to week. Yeah. And he'll get frustrating. He'll go three weeks putting up really bad numbers, and then he'll have his one amazing game, and his one amazing game will pot you like 25 points, but then he'll go right back to putting up three, four points a game, which is basically what he's been doing. It's been pretty bad. He's like a poor man's A.J. Green, basically. Yeah, yeah he's better than Deshaun Jackson, but he's a poor man's A.J. Green. Yeah. That's exactly that's what Brandon Cook is. Um, yeah. All right, I think that's enough for our sell segment. We yeah. Oh, we hope you listened to us when we told you to buy Latavius Murray, by the way, since Man, you just that, mentioned. That was because we that's the strange. only people that were in on him. I, I think... He was coming back, and everyone was just like, oh, but he's going back to a committee. Who cares? I didn't see anyone touting the like what you brought up of the you know, beat reporters and the coaching staff are saying, like, we need Latavius. Let's get him back. You know, He's important because that, that materialized in a big way. Yeah, on Reddit, man, people just were all 
over the hate Latavius Murray train. <laughs> like, even though he was starting the game against Jacksonville, like, every single post I saw was like, ah, I don't really care. I dropped him, and I feel good about it. Like, I'm washing my hands with Latavius. That backfield's such a mess. Uh, and, and that's one of those situations where, yeah, you hear people say, like, oh, I'm a fan of the team, so... You know, that gives me a little bit more merit. Now, most of the time, that's bullshit. But if you're a fan of the team that is actually paying attention to what is happening, like, you'll have a little bit more knowledge than just the everyday NFL fan. So I think a lot of people missed out on how bad Oakland's running game looked with Latavius Murray missing. Yeah, there, but was, anyways. there was one person who I heard, like, mention it quickly. I was listening to, like, the NFL fantasy podcast. I think it was, like, Michael Fabiano, like, started to say, like, oh, well, you know, like, the backups haven't been that good, and there's been some rumblings about him. And then I think it was Matt Harmon, someone, like, cut him off, which is like, ah, oh, but it doesn't matter. Like, just because his backups were bad doesn't mean he'll be good. And it just got pushed aside and never talked about again. Um, oh, actually, with Latavius Murray... Just as an asterisk, if you can still possibly buy him. Yeah. One thing you can point to is that his yards per carry in this last week was not good. Mm. But if you watch the game, there's a there's a clear reason why it's not good. It was one of those situations where when the game wasn't out of hand, he was getting consistently getting like five or six yards of carry. Yeah. Uh, he was. He looked really good. He looked explosive. It looked like the turf toe wasn't hindering him. But then the second half, classic Bill Musgrave, just going into a shell with a you know double-digit lead against Jacksonville. He would just go out there in obvious running situations where Jacksonville had like nine in the box because mm-hmm. they knew that what are we going to do? We're just going to run the ball. Obvious running situations, and he would just hand the ball to Latavius Murray three times in a row, and he would get like one yard, two yards, three yards to carry. So it kind of affected his overall efficiency numbers. But watching the game, Latavius Murray looked really, really good. So yeah, uh, if there's a, a chance that you can get Latavius Murray, I would definitely make one of these package deals, like a Latavius and For maybe sure. one of these wide receivers that are struggling. Yeah, yards per carry is a great thing to use to your advantage because in a vacuum, yards per carry is kind of like a broken, silly stat because it's so sensitive to outliers and, like, weird game script stuff that doesn't really tell the whole story. When, like, yeah. I'd much rather just look at, like, volume. How much volume is this player getting? And we saw the volume spike with Latavius and, like, the red zone work. Like, But, you know, if someone yeah. who's just reading the stat sheet doesn't see that stuff, really. You know, all they see is, oh, man, a bad yards per carry took two touchdowns to do this. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, that was a narrative, too. Like, oh, man, his efficiency is still bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, But overall, actually, on the year, he's like 4.2, 4.3 yards per carry, which is not bad at all. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let's close it up. Let's close it up. Uh, Close up shop. Thank you for listening to the the buys and the sells and the the trade analysis. Um, Analysis. analysis And all the other ramblings of two crazy fantasy football (laughs) fans. Um, if you have any other, not any other, any trade questions, um, hit us up on Twitter. We pretty regularly answer those, and we usually have more buys and sells than we say here. We just try to limit it because we can't help but talk for 15 minutes about every player. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. but like, you know, hit us up and we'll happily, you know, list more people or kind of guide you on whether your deal is good or not. Um, yeah. So, so take advantage yeah. of that. Or, Do or it. Wonderful yeah. Find us on Twitter. Yeah. Find, find us, us on Twitter. Twitter. It's up here above Leo's head, I believe. Sure, why not? Yeah, Facebook, you know, like, comment, YouTube, Subscribe. all that good YouTube stuff. us. YouTube us on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all 
And yeah, and we will catch y'all on the flippy floppy. Flippy floppy!